Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Morning everyone, my name's Ross, if we haven't met. Uh, as John said, we, we are looking at a couple of interesting topics to kick off a new year, to kick off a new decade. We're asking some questions, and one of the big questions uh, for many of us is that whole work-life balance, and how do we get that right? Uh, in February, we're kicking off a, a, a new series in uh, f- picking up where we left off last year in the book of John. We're going to pick up the, the last half of John. Really looking forward to that. We've been doing a lot of preparation for that in the office, uh, just considering how it's just a major expression of God's love for us in that second half of the, the book of John. Uh, so we're going to call that f- uh, just a highlight uh, how we're fully loved in that series. Uh, but Till we get there, we're just looking at some wisdom literature about how we can set ourselves up for another year, another decade. How about I pray and then uh, we can dig a bit deeper. Dear Father God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we can meet here today. We thank you that you give us this opportunity, a day in the week where we can come together and be refreshed in your word. And Lord, I thank you that you're a relevant God, a real God, and one that... uh, desires the best for us so i pray that as we just consider the meaning of rest and how to do that better we pray that you would yeah just help us lord help us lord to live for you through everything we do including rest in jesus name amen one of the biggest questions i always ask myself at the start of the year and maybe you're with me how do i get through another year without always being tired because the automatic answer for me is how do i do less work and more rest How can I cut down on my commitments and more me time and just do nothing? How can I recharge uh, with that uh, to be be energised, to be happier, to enjoy life? That's what I want, but I can't do it because I'm always tired and worn out. So now's a good time to ask that question. Start of the new year, what are we going to do differently this year uh, so we're not exhausted all the time? So this morning we're not going to do like our theology of rest. This is what, uh, how God planned and it ultimately is fulfilled in heaven, which is all true uh, and all exciting when we get to heaven. But I actually want to know how to get through this year or this week even. So this is a good uh, way because God says a lot about rest. He says a lot about how to get through life and how to balance life, that work-life balance. As John said, we looked through work last week and having goals and how to uh, use work wisely, but to also rest. How do we rest well? God actually says quite a lot about it. So we're going to be, dig a bit deeper into that question. How can I get through another year without feeling exhausted all the time? Now what we learn as we get into uh, Proverbs is there's rest 
and there's rest. Not all rest is the same. So we can pick up uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23, where it says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one's rest is content. One rests content, untouched by trouble. He goes, hey, there's a connection here. If you live under God, because you know, if God is our creator, he knows what's best for us. If you um, have that connection with God and fear the Lord, like God is so awesome and great, I am happy to live under his rule and under his love. He's our Father God. Then we can actually find real rest, rest where we are content, rest where we are untouched by trouble. Don't we long for that? If we can just come to the end of a day or the end of a week and go, wow, I can rest in a happy place. I know God's in control. I know God's all over it and I can trust in him and I'm content. Trouble doesn't affect me. I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm refreshed in the Lord. That's the sort of rest that we all long for, isn't it? Just to have that load, the stress taken off us, but just to be able to be calm and to get through life, just feeling energized particularly energized in the lord now that is rest now how often of how often do we rest with that sort of outcome do we get up at the end of a night you've sat on the lounge for a couple of hours and go yeah i feel good good in the lord my stress my load is all taken away because there's that kind of rest and there's a second kind of rest this is the sort of rest that i get into very next verse verse 24 the sluggard buried his hand in the dish he will not even bring it back to his mouth. It's the view of the guy sitting on the lounge. Yeah, it's the end of a day. You're exhausted. You've worked all day. It's been mentally draining, physically draining. You've come home. You've looked after kids. You've done the kitchen. You've finally got a few minutes on the lounge. You open up a jar of bickies or a packet of chips and you just, and you just get so tired. You know you should go to bed, but it's like, I've got nothing in the tank. And you're kind of even having the energy to lift the, a biscuit to your mouth. You're having trouble. Uh, you might relate to it if you're lying on the lounge and you're totally exhausted and yeah, you, you're sitting there with the remote control in your hand, all of a sudden you wake up with an out loud bang because you've dropped the remote on the ground. It's that sort of, you haven't done that? It's just me. It's like, it's not actually rest. It's not refueling me. It's not charging me. It's definitely not the rest that finds contentment in the Lord. Hey, the world's in a good place. I'm in a happy place because God's in control and I'm untouched by trouble and I'm refreshed. It's a different kind of rest because I'm just sitting on the lounge. It's like I'm not topping up my tanks. I'm not being refueled. Now, I've got to defend a little bit about the whole lying on the lounge bit because I do enjoy lying on the lounge. But working on it this week, I've just started to understand how that, what is so appealing at the end of the day just to veg out on the lounge, kind of like in this comatose state, because it's kind of like an escapism. Flick on the TV, I don't have to think about my world anymore, I, I can get into something else that, I don't have to think about my stress, my burdens, I'm actually tempted to get into reality TV, I've got to confess. And it's kind of attractive because I can not think about my life, I can think about their lives, and man, their lives are a mess. They're in such chaos, there's so much drama in their life. Um, and that's why they're put on reality TV, because they entertain us. But it takes me out of my life for a bit. Uh, but then it, through escapism, the show ends, and guess what? I'm still back into my life, my stress, my workload. I haven't been refreshed like this at all, but I've spent an hour in front of the TV just escaping from my life. 
Now, TV's one thing. We could be self-medicating to escape the stress of my life, hoping to be refreshed, but medication wears off. Alcohol does the same thing. You know, we hit alcohol too much uh, to, to escape the stress of my life. There's a whole lot of ways we escape we're all trying to look for this place of rest and contentment, this place where I'm untouched by trouble, untouched by my stress, where I'm refueled. But actually, the way we rest is often not achieving that. It actually just pulls us out of the world for a while, and then before we know it, we're back in. But our tank's empty. It hasn't been refueled. So there's rest, but we want rest to fill us up, to fill our tank and this is where uh, we can go to other parts of the scripture. This is from Exodus, Exodus 28. And this is where God is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses. So Ten Commandments, things that are important to God. And one of them is to rest as a way of refueling your tank, to fill up your tank, to be energised again. Now, you've got to think Ten Commandments is like, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, like big serious things. And then there's this one, you have a day off. Uh, so Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is within them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This idea of one day being holy, this holy word, it just means set apart. It's different to everything else. And being holy means it's set apart, different from everything else, for God's purposes. So God's actually given us an extra day in the week for what purpose? To engage with him. This is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's to re-engage with him. It's to top up your tank. To top up your tank in your connection with God. To find that rest that Proverbs was talking about. That contentment. That refreshing. Takes away the stress. And when our tank's full, we're energised. We're spiritually energised. This is our spiritual tank that God wants to, to refuel us in, and he's actually telling you, I've given you a day off to do it. Refuel spiritually to do it. It's actually a helpful way to think about it as like a fuel tank in your car. You know, when we're empty, we're, we're you know, in trouble, we know we need to refuel because we've got to be careful when we're full. It's like, happy days, put your foot down. Uh, but when we ourselves are full, we're refreshed and we're energised to get in and do things. But when we're empty spiritually, man, we're exhausted. You can have spiritual fatigue, right? Nothing, nothing to give. Now, for the car thing, it's, it's a helpful to think through. I used to be a mechanic, so it's helpful for me to think through. But it is like fuel in your car. Where you drive along when it's full, man, when I've got a full tank, you don't care about putting your foot down. You don't care about taking off quickly at traffic lights. I'm energised. I can go because I've got a full tank. My needle hasn't moved. But as soon as I'm near empty, man, I want to stretch this out. I, you know, I'm not going to take off quickly at the traffic lights. I'm not going to gun it as hard as I did because I know oh, I haven't got a little bit of fuel left. That's how we drive. Come to a hill. And this is dangerous because come to a hill and your tank's empty. You've got to put your foot down. You've got to gas it up. You've got to get it going. But if your tank's empty and you run out of fuel, 
That's it. You're not going anywhere. A car with no fuel is just done. It's useless. Now, who has run out of fuel before? Literally, in a car. I'd get you to put your hand up, because, but I won't. Because I know it makes you look silly in front of everybody else. Because everybody else probably done it, but will deny it and just look at you in judgment. Because really, if you run out of fuel, you're an idiot. You're silly. <laughs> because the car is telling you it has a gauge, full, empty. A lot of cars have lights. I want your attention because I'm empty. I need fuel. And when we don't look at our gauges that are in front of us, if we don't know we're going empty and we're, oh, yeah, I need to get into a survey and fill up, we're a goose if we run out of fuel. I've run out of fuel twice before. <laughs> and now I drive a car with two fuel tanks. So, but it ends up being that bit of a game. Full tank, I gas it up. Empty tank, you know, I need to be careful. I need to be careful. But then it's like, well, actually, it's not really empty till it gets on empty. And actually, I know, even after that, when it's below empty, I've still got a bit more. So, you know, I don't have to go to the survey this week because I know I can get another few more days out of it. Actually, the next day, I'm too busy and I'm running late for a meeting, so I haven't got time to go to the survey. And something else happens the next day. And all of a sudden, you've run out. It's easy to do. So I sympathise with everybody who's run out of fuel. It just happens. But living in a place like this, where there's a fuel station on every corner and a gauge telling you there's no reason we should be running out of fuel. So God is saying, even with that, hey, look, every seven days, I want you to top up because there's things in life that's going to drain you, drain you spiritually, and you're going to run out. So every six days, you need to top up. Now, we get filled spiritually by engaging with God. So every seven days, we have church. We get together, and everything we do in, in church is engaging with God, but it also fills up our tank. Our singing that we do is meant to engage us with God. It fills our spiritual tank. Our prayers to God, our Bible reading, hearing his word preached, engages with God. Our fellowship fills up our tank. We feel good, and it energizes us. But then there's things that are going to drain our spiritual tank. Loving people is draining. Being around people can be draining. Serving people can be draining. And as the week goes on, as we're loving, as we're serving, as we're meeting other people's needs, looking for opportunities to build them up and encourage them, you know, we're meant to be everybody's servant, it's draining. We need to recognise that our tanks do get drained. There's nothing wrong with that. That's life. But God has also put in the plan every seven days, top up. You go and pass the servo. But even more than that, do it every week, every day. Little top-ups, half an hour, 15 minutes. It's still good to keep that topping up, topping up, topping up. But the danger is, for us, we just go, oh, look, we've got growth group during the week uh, and busy life during the week, that we go, actually, I think I'm going okay. I don't need to do that. Uh, I can't fit in. I'm too exhausted for my Bible reading today, so I'll miss that day. This week, uh, look, Things, this week's going so fast and I've got so much to do, I'm just going to have to drive past that, that servo at Growth Group and give that a miss this week. Church comes around the next weekend. 
It's been six days. Our seventh day comes around. And all of a sudden, what are we doing this weekend? Oh, you know, we're behind on the housework stuff. The kitchen's a mess. The laundry needs doing. Uh, I haven't gone shopping for ages. Uh, kids have got parties. All of a sudden, man, our weekend's full. We can't stop at the server. We're just going to zoom past this week. We're going, okay, we don't need to do that. We're hitting another week. But we don't recognise our tank's just getting emptier and emptier and emptier. Then all of a sudden, we come to a hill. And if our tank's empty and we come to a hill, we're in trouble. If our tank's full and we get to a hill, we're called to love and serve. That's okay, we push on through because we're energised. But if we get to a hill and our tank's empty, we find ourselves getting in a bit of trouble. You know, it's come Friday and you open up your emails. and Ah, oh, I've rusted on for church this week, for serving. I'll just have to, have to make time to get there to church and do it. But my tank's empty and I just sigh. Ah, oh, do I have to do that? Oh, but actually what I have to do, I need some preparation. I need some time during the week to prepare for what I'm doing on Sunday. Yeah, really? Yeah, isn't this somebody else's job? Because our tank's empty. We've been giving, giving, giving out of our spiritual tank, but all of a sudden our spiritual tank's empty. When it comes to giving some more, we're going, I got nothing. I got nothing. We start getting grumpy about it. I can't love anymore. I can't serve anymore. I can't... I just want to sit on the lounge as a spiritual Christian because I've got nothing else to give. That's what we can do. All of a sudden we wake up some, one day and go, I'm just feeling spiritually dry. I'm just not getting God anymore. But then we realised, well, when was the last time you filled up? When was the last time you topped up the tank? And we've neglected it. We need to top up that tank. It's good for us to top up that tank. See, God wants us to live into that top half of the tank where we're energised and refreshed and we want to look for opportunities to love people and serve people and encourage people and build them up. We want to do that. But often we live our lives in the bottom half of the tank when we're just struggling. We just want to push through. But God's going, no, no, I'm giving you a day a week to top up, fill up. It's not just pushing through, but it's enjoying what we do because we're energised, we're engaged with God and he fills, up, fills us up. So it begs the question then, how are we going with how we use our time? See, when we rest, it's not just rest as in switch off, do nothing. But the Bible's asking a bit of question, how are you being refuelled? How are you being topped up? How are you being energised and refreshed? the lounge is not going to do that we actually need to look other ways of being refueled and refreshed now i think i know what you're thinking that this is all fine we're in church we're talking about spiritual things and our spiritual tank and that's what we do at church we're concerned about your spiritual life but actually i know in my life there's a lot of other things that are physically draining they're emotionally draining they're just sucking the life out of me at work and my relationships and my family and all this other stuff's draining me this is not necessarily going to help me with that what has the bible got to say about that side of life and i think in some in some circles we're afraid to ask those sort of questions because church should only just be about spiritual things if i ask about the rest of my life you know is that not being spiritual or is it pop culture the pop psychology that we we delve into other parts of life where we just should be focused on spiritual things actually the bible talks about all of life the bible doesn't just say spiritual things the only aspect in your life that matters all your life matters 
we've actually got a number of tanks that need filling. Let me give you some examples. This is Exodus 23. This is four chapters after what we read before about the Sabbath when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. This is Moses explaining uh, why we do the Sabbath. So Exodus 23, verse 12. He says, Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that... And we go, what? so that what? What are we expecting him to say? So that your spiritual tank will be filled or something like that. But he actually says, no, there's more to it. He goes on to say, six days you'll work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey may rest, and the slave born in your household and the alien, that means the person outside your community, uh, the, the alien will rest as well, and they may be refreshed. It's not just talking about spirituality, is it? There's another tank going on. If it was just talking about spirituality, we should be bringing our ox and our donkeys here to church, shouldn't we, to build them up and fill up their spiritual tank. You imagine everybody bringing our dogs and cats to church to go, this is good for you. Uh, God, you know, it's commanded in the Bible. Except I don't think it's just talking about spirituality. It's actually saying you actually need to get ready for the next week. You need to be recharged. You need to fill up your physical tank or your emotional tank. You need to get used that one day a week to, to go again. So we can actually build more tanks on this. Now this is where I'm happy to admit it, this would be so much easier to preach if Moses from the Ten Commandments drew three pictures of three fuel tanks, drove a picture of a car, drew a picture of a car going up a hill and it was in your scriptures. You open up the Bible, page 250. It's not there. It's not that easy. But once we start looking at tanks and what tanks we need filling, we actually see it's a very biblical idea that it's happening in a number of places. That when we're full physically, you know, when, you've, when you really feel refreshed and energised, we feel good. But physically, when we're exhausted and fatigued, we've got nothing to offer. Emotionally, refreshed and energised when we're full, or exhausted and fatigued when we're emotionally got nothing to give. Now, I know other people, other Christian authors use this sort of diagram and they can have six or eight different tanks. I'm going to stick to three because it's simple. Uh, but we can actually see this playing out in all sides of Scripture. So we see that uh, in Exodus, the, the use of the Sabbath. Build yourself up spiritually, fill up that tank. But also you need to top up in other areas as well to get, get ready for another week. But there's also... Uh, let me give you two, more, two, two examples of how this plays out. This is uh, from Mark, Mark chapter 6. This is Jesus with his disciples. What's happened just before this is Jesus has sent his disciples out on a mission trip. Go to all the villages uh, and preach. Uh, so they went out preaching, they healed people, and they cast out miracles. Uh, cast out miracles. They healed people, cast out demons. There was a lot going on for them. The big thing is, it wasn't Jesus doing it. They didn't even have Jesus with them. This was the disciples by themselves being used by God to, to have all this impact on people. Now, they've just come back to Jesus. And we pick it up at Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported him all they had done and taught. There are so many stories to tell Jesus. This is exciting. Then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, so Jesus says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. 
So there they went by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Now, you'd imagine this is an exciting time. They've come back to Jesus, right? There's all these other people. This crowd has gathered around Jesus. You know, it's all a busy, hectic time. It's almost like Jesus saying to his disciples, almost, I'm paraphrasing, guys, how are you going physically? And they're going, hey, look, this has been awesome. We've been out. We've been doing all this stuff. Uh, but we actually haven't had time to eat. We've come back and physically we're done. We're hungry and we're topping up. Got zero in the tank, it's empty. How are you guys going emotionally? Well, we've been going out, we've been preaching, we've been uh, healing people, we've been casting out demons. This is awesome, but you know, that's draining. I know for me on a Sunday, if I'm preaching and then being around people, on Monday, I don't want to talk to anybody because emotionally, I'm done. My tank's empty. If they're anything like me, emotionally, their tank is done. I don't want to be around crowds, I don't want to be talking to people. How do you think they're going spiritually, in their spiritual tank? Because I reckon if they've been out amongst people and they've seen God use them in their preaching, and we already know they weren't the best speakers, but God's used them in their preaching, use them to heal people and cast out demons, I reckon spiritually that's like, wow, this is awesome. I'm seeing God do all this stuff through my life. I've witnessed it firsthand that his God's doing through this. I'd imagine spiritually they're right up here. They're on a high. Well, they've come back and they're busting to tell Jesus everything that they've hap- that's happened, everything they even taught, which I hate Jesus to do a sermon critique on me, but they're going, hey, we're so excited. We want to tell you everything. So I think spiritually they're going, we're pumped. We're energized spiritually of what God is doing. But it's interesting, Jesus doesn't say, great job guys, I can see you're refueled, you're re-energized spiritually, why don't you go out and do it again? Just push through the physical, push through the emotional, but go out and reach more people. But instead, he says, no, no, you need to top up your tanks. You haven't eaten. Let's get away from the crowds. Let's go to a quiet place so you can refuel, get a meal, you know, have rest is the words he use. What about emotionally? makes a point of saying there were many people there, crowds. But he's going, no, no, don't bring the crowd. We're going to get away from the crowd to a quiet place. You need to refuel emotionally. And then uh, Jesus is concerned about their whole well-being. They're spiritual, they're physical, they're emotional. We need to go to a quiet place and top you up and then let's keep going. It's not... Jesus saying you should live your life in the bottom half of your tank and just push through and push through. But no, he's going even in these other areas. Let's make sure we're in the top half of the tank. We're refueled, refreshed and ready to go. Here's another one and this is Psalm 23 that we had read for us before. Um, I've actually got a new love for Psalm 23 in this. Psalm 23 is often uh, read at funerals. Uh, for people, for not just Christians, but for non-Christians. And I think this psalm is a picture of what it looks like to have your tanks refueled and refreshed and feeling good and energised. Rather, we go to Psalm 23, particularly at a funeral, and our tanks are empty. Particularly if there's a body in a casket in front of us, it's really empty. And so we want something to excite us and refresh us and go, this is not what life is about. We need to live in the top section of our, our tanks. Go through it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. 
He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, if that was talking about a tank, whether it be spiritual, physical or emotional, what tank would he be talking about? That he restores my soul, that I'm engaged with him down in the green pastures and the water and he's restored my soul, guiding me in paths of righteousness. My spiritual tank is being fueled up and I'm feeling good. If my spiritual tank is empty, righteousness is the last thing I'm thinking about. I've got no energy for righteousness. But if my tank's full, I can live the righteous life. I want to pursue that. My soul is restored. It's like the spiritual tank is full. This is what it looks like. I've taken a step out of life, done my Sabbath, I've engaged with God, and now my soul's in a good place. I'm content. And now I can live that righteous life that he desires. What about the next verse? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now if that was a, spirit, if that was a tank, what sort of tank might that be talking about? That I would be, walk through the valley of the shadow of death without fearing anything. I think it's talking about the emotional tank. That emotionally, I can go through this valley. If I'm emotionally dry, I'm sucked out, I'm exhausted, I've given everything I've got, I don't want to go through a valley of death. I want to sit in my lounge. But these guys go, no, I can walk through the valley of shadow of death. I'm not going to fear any evil. God's topped me up. And emotionally, I can go on and take the world. What about the last verse? few verses then you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies you are not my head with oil my cup overflows surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever what might that be talking about now I'm going to say it's a physical tank and I know this one's stretching a little bit more than the other ones uh, but bear with me God's prepared a table for me when my tank's empty Physically, I need food. I need a good feed. And God says, look, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to build you up. When my tank's empty, physically, I just want to sit on the lounge. But no, when I'm fully refreshed physically, no, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to keep going. It doesn't daunt me to be in God's house forever. I'm going to keep going. Now, I know it's a little bit of pushing and moulding and shaping. But when I look at that, I go, this is what it looks like to have all my tanks full. Spiritually, God's restored my soul. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energised. Paths of righteousness, I can push in. Emotionally, I can walk through the valley of shadow of death because I have this great confidence. I have this contentment in my rest that I can go on in life. To, to, I've got stuff in my tank to draw on and physically that God's concerned about that he's going to restore you physically that that's a good place to be in now with all these tanks this is in a sense the dream this is what God wants for us to live in that full life it's very natural for things are going to drain us but if we're spending all our time in the just empty and just I'm struggling and I'm battling, it's like, no, you actually need to actively rest in a way that tops you up, that fills you up. 
But yet, for so many of us, we don't see it as a priority to rest, not to just switch off, but to rest in a way that tops us up and builds us up. How do you use your time to rest? Is it just switching off and vegging out? Or are you actively thinking, how am I going to build myself up and be refreshed for another week, another year, to feel better, to feel better about myself? See, it's not a matter of work time, free time. It's not a question of time. It's how you're using your time to actually fill up your tanks, how you use time. So it doesn't matter if you're planning a week's holiday or spare 15 minutes in the day. How can you use it? What tank am I emptying? Look at your gauges. How am I feeling? If I read a book, if I talk to someone, that's going to fill up my tank. I need to do that. Let me just run a few ideas past you, because I actually want you to think about after, after this morning service, sometime during the day, if you get a quiet moment, to actually think through, how am I going, whether it's these tanks, there's other tanks you could use, how am I going in these areas, and what, what am I most exhausted in that I actually need to actively top up that tank uh, and be refreshed that way. Because if we look at the physical tank, they're, they're, you can lie in the lounge and watch TV and it does, it's not draining in some ways, it's like, but it's not really building us up. We need better sleep. A lot of us complain about sleep and how do we get better sleep? We need to exercise more because we don't exercise enough, you exercise better, you sleep better, but to exercise better and sleep better, you need to eat better. So, you know, it's sort of that common sense stuff, but instead of being drained, we actually consciously make a decision. If I'm going to have more energy this year, I need to look at my eating, my exercise, and my sleeping. Also, with alcohol and caffeine, just I drink coffee, I drink alcohol, but just to know how it works in your system. If I have a coffee after 2 p.m., I know I'm going to struggle sleeping that night. We need to know how to balance how our body works with that sort of stuff just to make sure we're refreshed, that we actually have a plan, that we actually pull out our diary and put in time. When am I going to exercise and seize, see it as a priority so I'm not just, at the end of the day, exhausted on the lounge? Medically, we could have a reason why we're so exhausted that we're not sleeping right. Last year, I found out that I wasn't breathing properly, that my septum, the middle bit of my nose, was doing an S-bend. So I didn't realise this, had it for years, Go to the doctor, says, you're not breathing properly. Do a sleep test. And what they find, because I tell you, I would nearly punch somebody if they said, I get six or seven hours of sleep a night and I'm okay. It's like, what? I was getting nine and ten hours and waking up tired. It's like, how do you do that much sleep? But they're saying, no, I did a sleep apnea test where they put all the cords all over you to see, uh, are you actually sleeping? Now, you've never gone into deep sleep that night. About every 10 to 15 minutes, you are waking up to take a breath because you're not getting the air through your nose to get the oxygen to your brain. So the brain says, need a breath, so I breathe, wander off. And I said, I'm a heavy sleeper. I don't even wake up. And they go, no, you think you don't, but your brain's actually awake all night. Had an operation, so much better. Might have another one yet. Nose operations, it's better, not all the way. Um, but you need to see a doctor. If that's a problem, you don't want to keep putting it off for the rest of your life. Actually, make a decision. I'm going to talk to someone. I'm going to fix this up this year. Even emotionally, how are we going to fill up our emotional tanks? Because we need to recognise that things drain us and we might not realise it. A whole lot of things drain us. 
that we don't switch off with our screen times, with our phones, with our notifications, whether it be emails or work or Facebook or games or Instagram. It's all at us, it's all active. We go, that doesn't drain me, it's just there. And no, your brain doesn't stop. In fact, I was reading something just this week about how um, screen time is just ruining kids' brains, that they don't actually switch off. Because it's very tempting for us as parents to go, no, no, you need to have a rest. And rest, I mean, don't run around outside, sit on the lounge, and here's some screen time. But what it's actually doing might give their legs a rest, but their brains are being overworked, overstimulated. So with overloaded brains, they're not running around, but their brains aren't resting, so when they get at night, they're not sleeping properly, and then we wonder why they're emotionally disengaged with us. So they're not relating to us properly, because... Screen stuff does stuff to us. Not don't do it all together, but just watch how much it happens. Now, I find it interesting because everything they are saying about kids with screen time is the same, I think, for me and most adults. Get too much screen time, our brains just don't rest. So emotionally, we're always getting drained. We're always getting drained. Other things that drain us, people can drain us. You know who I'm talking about. Some people are draining. We need to recognise that. Conflict drains us. Our insecurities or our doubts drain us. And the thing to get aware of this, sometimes we can't avoid those things or sometimes they're even good for us and we can push through if our tanks are full. But if our tanks are empty and we get coming up to the hill and we put the foot on the gas to go, hey, I need some emotional energy to push through this and there's nothing there, all of a sudden we become the snappy, grumpy person that's misunderstanding people, and we're just no fun. So we need that emotional tank topped up to handle those things that are going to drain us. One of the ways we top up that tank, that emotional tank, is in some circles it's a dirty word, but it's me time. Have we got hobbies or things that we really enjoy that make us feel good about ourselves, whether it's a sports or reading, other people can also top us up. People don't always drain us. Other people can top us up. Getting a hug tops us up. Doesn't matter if it's from your mate, your mum, or your missus. They can all top us up. A good hug. That we're loved. We're valued. We're appreciated. And it fills us up to keep going. Think about how you're going emotionally and what you enjoy to fill up that tank. Because when conflict comes, or anything that pushes against it, we're in a better place. We've already talked about our spiritual tanks, engaging with God. Fill up that spiritual tank uh, to know that when we do come up to that hill, we're enjoying life. We want to push into that space. Now, there's a lot of fuzziness. It's not a clear picture on uh, spiritual, physical and emotional. There's a lot of overlap. Sometimes if one's so drained, it affects the other ones. Sometimes we've got different sized tanks, all of us. Some people have a big capacity, some people have small capacity. That's the way God's made us. But he's also made us to stay full and refreshed and happy. And that's what he wants us to make a priority in, particularly uh, with him. Fear, fear of the Lord fills up that but I want you to actively think it through. Have a plan. How are you going to spend your annual holidays this year? How are you going to spend your weeks or your weekends this year, your midweeks? How are you going to top up those tanks? Each and every bit, spare bit along the way. Have a plan to use that. Because God does funny things. Sometimes he stops us and makes us fill up our tanks. You know, you break a leg, you have to stop. Stop the busyness, stop running around. We get sick. 
Sometimes we get burnt out because we've let our tanks run too dry. And God's like, you need to stop. And I'm going to make you stop just to fuel those tanks. We don't want to get that low. So how about we lean into this here, looking to God. So make a list. What am I doing in those things? Pray about it. God, is this, is this how I should be spending my time? And God, can you help me make good decisions and protect that time so I can be filling up my tank, so I can enjoy life, be refreshed and live for you? How about I pray? Dear God, thank you for caring about all of us in all ways. Lord, you know when we're stressed or tired or worn down or just run dry that, that we're not the people you want us to be. And we don't want to be that either. So Lord, help us to be refreshed. Help us to look to you. See, how should we be using our time so we can love others better, to love you better, and to enjoy life and be refreshed in life the way you designed us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.